This is a test. This is only a test. This is a test of the anime broadcasting system. If you think you have received this test by mistake, you haven't. Because this is a podcast. And a podcast is something that you have to choose to listen to. This is a test. This is a test to see if you wake up every day in anime. This is a test to see if you are a true otaku. Quick answer, you are. How do we know? Because you are listening to this test. This is a test. This is a test to see if you've played a video game within the last month. This is a test to see if you've dreamt about playing a video game within the last month, even though you haven't played it. This is a test to see if you've dreamed about a video game that you have played. You passed those tests as well. How do I know? Because you're listening to this podcast. This is a test. This is a test to see if you know what the word manga means. This is a test to see if you have contemplated dubs versus subs. This is a test to see if you get annoyed when I pronounce it as manga instead of manga. This is a test to see if you get angry when someone says Japanimation as opposed to anime. Regardless of your answer, you have passed that test. How do I know? Because you are listening to this podcast. This is a test. This is a test to see if you know who Uncle Hokage is. This is a test to see if he can be your otaku uncle. Quick answer, yes. And yes, this is a test. This is a test of the anime broadcasting system. If you are hearing this test, it is because you are a fan of anime and broadcasting and systems. This is a test. This is a test to see if you are interested in going to a convention to see if you would like there to be an anime store in your hometown. This is a test to see if you have some interest in the cosplay scene. All answers point to yes, this is a test. This is a test of the emergency anime broadcasting system where certain anime are dispensed in ways that they would not ordinarily be dispensed. Where streaming services have been splintered from individual anime pages to Netflix, Hulu, and other locations where non-anime fans live. Answer to all tests and testing and streaming is yes. How do I know? Because you are listening to this podcast. This is a test. This is a test of the anime broadcasting system. This is a test sponsored by Uncle Hokage, your O-Taku uncle. This is a test. My father is an artist and a musician. Growing up, he used to tell me stories about himself growing up, how the bands that he was in, he was in a jazz band, he was in a funk band, one of those pop funk bands, which I believe they call themselves the Funky Soul Brothers. 
before they changed the name to New Edition or New Age Edition or something like that. He used to always still paint with watercolors. He did it for so many years that he ended up teaching at the local community college painting part-time while he worked for the city. Supremely versatile human being. Incredibly ambitious. And for young Uncle Hokage, a level of genius that I always aspired to. And that's where a lot of my appreciation for the eclectic artistic things came from. The, the nuances and sound, the beauty of voice, the beauty of the human spirit on stage, that and the visual aesthetics, paintings, nature, art came from him. My mother is a writer. I used to sit and watch her print out pages from the novel that she pieced together. And I remember being blown away that there were 200 pages coming out of the printer. I sat and I watched. And she wrote and wrote and wrote. She also wrote plays for the local church, for the kids' organization. She wrote children's books. Always observing, always writing things down, always incredibly verbose. And that's where I got my love of storytelling, my love of fiction, nonfiction, thinking, long form dialogue, and diatribe. That super hyper granular, unnecessarily specific thinking. And my appreciation for the beauty of characters, setting, pacing, stories, I got from her. One of my fondest memories was of her sitting me down on the couch. Hey, this is Uncle Hokage, your otaku uncle. I'm taking a little bit of a drive. I'm picking up package that I was supposed to get here yesterday. I had to order a cordless microphone, a wireless microphone for the upcoming Anime Fest convention. Uh, me and uh, Kwan Su, we're going to be doing some filming and interviewing some different guests and different people at the convention. I want to talk with cosplayers. I want to talk with uh, some of the artists, some of the people running the booth, every, absolutely everybody and anybody. So in order to do that, I had to make sure that my equipment was right. Um, now I got a really good camera and a really good lens. I do some photography as well as uh, be your uncle, your otaku uncle. And I've been taking pictures for about five or six years now. So 
sometimes I was trying to get into catalog shoots, working with a lot of models and a lot of other creatives in that endeavor. But these days, I kind of want to do as much as I possibly can in the otaku community. I want to go on trips. I want to go with my girl to uh, Japan again. I want to go to all of the different events, ramen shops and culture things and the Buddhist temples and all of that stuff. And I want to be able to share those endeavors and those avenues with the rest of you in the community. That's slowly turning into the realization of what I feel like my dream existence is going to be. And in addition to that, it all roads lead to uh, creating an anime. And it's probably going to start with a small team making a small cartoon similar to what I think is just like the perfect little animated show which is Bee and Puppycat. I think it's a perfect show. It does everything right. It has the right vibe, the right energy, the right um, beauty and chill nature that a lot of people like myself really admire. So in order to get to that end point, not even an end point, just another point, I want to make sure that I'm continuing to enjoy the things that I'm producing and the things that I'm creating. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be at Anime Fest in Dallas this weekend. I'm going to be there primarily on Saturday, and I'm going to be there primarily at... Bear with me, everybody. Uh, I dropped my phone on purpose because uh, there was a police officer on the side of the road with a radar gun. And I don't want to give him any incentive to come pull me over for any reason. So I just sort of let the phone slip out of my hand and into my lap while uh, while I was pretending to... I just had my hand on my, uh, my cheek. Very, very, very silly to me. But... Anyway, what I was saying is I'm going to be there that weekend, so I want to make sure that I'm prepared. Um, One of the things that I had to do is I had to kind of upgrade some of my equipment. I had to get a camcorder um, because I think it's going to be better to shoot on a camcorder as opposed to shooting um, on a DSLR camera. I had to get a um, stabilizer. I got the camcorder and I tested it. I went and I recorded at the Gamer uh, Game Expo in the Irving Convention Center. And all of my camcorder footage was incredibly shaky. So it's like I can't really use that. But that was a very good test. Uh, and then in addition to that, I got the stabilizer. But I want to make sure I have a microphone that's portable. Hence me picking up my microphone now. So I have a lot of like microphone equipment just because I do a lot of uh, music stuff I have I do tons of like anime hip-hop on my other channel which I think I'm gonna feature maybe later on but 
hold on. I do a ton of stuff on my on my other channel, but the reality is that the microphones and that type of stuff that I would use on there don't they're not gonna be as portable and as easy to use as one like this. Um, I've got some pretty good equipment, I've got some pretty big speakers, but what I want to be able to do is kind of stop and pop and go where I need to go at the pace that I need to move. And the best way to do that is to make sure that there's not gonna be anything that could cause any issues when it comes to recording. So that means I needed a cordless microphone. I needed one that's gonna plug into uh, the camcorder that I'm going to be using and utilizing and that required a slight upgrade so this is going to be one of my first times working with a with an actual crew I've got crew member and I've got a host or two depending and with this type of stuff you never quite know whom is going to really pull through until it's the day of. I, I'm really fascinated by the whole like concept of everybody coming together and trying to make something because I feel like in the grander scheme of things, I want to be directing a team uh, in terms of production in terms of creation in terms of artistic development I have a very soft spot for artists and for creatives and for directors and for filmographers videographers all of that stuff because that's kind of where I came from I would I've always been in the artistic environment I kind of grew up in a family of artists who had one foot in the professional world and one foot in the artistic world and they kind of instilled that sensibility inside of me. So I studied art for several years and I studied writing for several years and drama as a young kid. My mom always had myself and my brother in plays. My dad always had us um, painting. Uh, I was always doing something like that. So um, my, my cousin, she was always drawing. She's super talented, drawing anime stuff. And that type of vibe and energy and stuff, it just feels right. So I love creatives. I love the things that they do. And it just makes sense for someone like me who likes art, likes stories, to like animated stuff. Seeing the, the, the realization of what's actually happening on screen Seeing the realization of what's actually happening on screen actually um, come to life. That's quite a passion of mine. So uh, just being in, able to be in a position where I can, can order equipment and I can take some time and actually put some things together. It's just a fantastic thing. I, I'm very fortunate. I'm very, very lucky to be able to do something like this. So I'm going to make sure that I give as much of myself as I possibly can to this endeavor. Because that's the only way that I feel like you grow is to push yourself 
and to really force yourself to expand and try to do more not because you have to but because you should and why should you do more I feel like you should do more because you don't know what you're really capable of until you try and a lot of us spend so much time being safe and staying in a box and making sure that we maintain what we already have we're so scared of losing what we already have that we don't take chances on things that we want so that's kind of where my mind is at so I'm just gonna try as much as possible I've met some fantastic people and this is kind of what I want to do so um, in addition to that I've been reaching out to some really cool cosplayers uh, and some artists that are going to be at the convention or who are just cosplayers around the Dallas area because I really I want to make sure that I can connect with the community and talk to as many people as possible so I've arranged uh, a few interviews uh, one at the convention one outside of the convention and I'm going to try to do quite a few more I'm reaching out to as many people as possible but I know putting as much of my energy and myself out there into the universe is only going to pay off so I'm going to keep searching and kind of keep seeking because that I feel like is really how I'm going to get into the place that I want to be I would love to interview the big names as well. I want to interview the voice artists and the uh, voice actresses. I want to interview the K-pop and the Japanese pop stars. I want to uh, showcase the different locations throughout um, throughout the, I guess, the otaku world. There are some cool things within the Dallas community which I feel like are showcased but could be featured a little bit more. And someone has to film it. Someone has to go to Anime Pop and say, hey, I have this web series. I'd love to film you guys throughout your place and you guys can showcase what you have and all of that stuff. Someone has to film inside Boxed Lunch. Someone has to film the different uh, DJs who are playing Akon and that type of stuff and I feel like that someone should be me and my crew so I'm trying to get and give as much as I possibly can because that I think is the only thing that matters so I just grabbed my microphone I'm just pulling it back home I'm, I'm pretty excited about it it's the box is always bigger <laughs> than you think um, and I guarantee you the microphone isn't going to be this big it's about the length of one and a half shoe boxes so it's pretty long and it's in a standard just like kind of cardboard box but when I open it up I'm going to immediately plug it in test it and make sure you guys can hear me because I want to be able to bring it to you guys so I'm pretty ecstatic about this. I'm super hyped. And I know I don't ever really sound like it, but I'm super introverted, so this is how I get. Um, in addition to that, I did watch a really interesting show called Revisions on Netflix. And I watched the first episode just at random, just kind of scrolling through stuff. And I feel like it's one of, one of the better shows that I've seen in a while for a random throw-on. 
it's like a mech slash post-apocalyptic sort of slash futuristic time traveling style show so the first episode was super cool it's on netflix and i'm gonna watch a little bit more but maybe you guys watch some of it with me because i feel like it's going to be fantastic it's going to be a great ride and i would love to kind of converse a little bit more about that particular show because there's so much to talk about at least so far so i want to talk a little bit more about my con preparation because that's where my head is at right now about the people i'm reaching out to what i want to do what i'm hoping to get out of it and just other random otaku stuff today I feel incredibly, I don't know, I feel a way when I've been focusing kind of more on the uh, anime side of things, I feel a certain type of way. Um, I stumbled upon this really random anime in my Netflix queue and they keep adding more and more. And I don't know if it's just that they're targeting certain profiles of people who like anime, which if that's the case, I'm very grateful because they're giving me what I want. Or if it's just by coincidence, happenstance, circumstance, random chance that I'm finding these real shows. So I just watched Kingdom Asura. I got one of my buddies to watch it. He's through episode three and he's getting into the good stuff that makes that particular show so much fun. And I recently started watching the show called Revisions. It's very weird. I mean, you could say it's almost a giant robot show, mecha show, slash disaster show. But in that type of design and preparation, it's one where the characters really act like people act in a lot of ways. Main character, he's kind of inside his own head and in his own brain. And he's trying to kind of live up to this greatness that he feels like he has. And as a result, he ends up being super annoying to a lot of people. But I think that the way that they're reacting is a little stronger than people would react in real life. I'm not really sure. Um, so as far as just the interest of the show, I feel like a lot of the things inside the show are super cool, super unique, really interesting. But I don't know if I'm on board with the characters. I don't know if I'm rooting for the characters, which is strange because when I think about all the classic shonen shows and even the seinen shows that I like, I'm rooting for the protagonist. And Gaunt's... I'm rooting for Kei Kurano. A lot of the reason because no one believes in him and he doesn't even believe in himself. He's like a lot of us. He's flawed. He's perverted. He's isolated. He wishes that he were someone cool, but he's not. He wishes that he would do the good, the right thing and the strong thing and the cool thing, but he doesn't. He's very selfish in the beginning and seeing that growth is what kind of inspires us in our own lives wondering how can I apply some of that coolness to my own self some of that growth is there a chance for me to have my own hero story 
And then you have the other protagonists in Shonen who they're incredibly pure and positive and benevolent and they act almost as like a super ego making the right decisions, making better decisions, making stronger decisions than we would make in our lives. And something about that purity and the fact that they are so good adds to their actual physical strength. And it's that physical strength that is, in a lot of ways, overpowering. It is, in a lot of ways, allows them to dominate most of the situations and the environments they get themselves into. So, those shows and those characters and those endeavors are kind of what I'm talking about. And so when I compare them, the traditional ones, to this one uh, in revisions, the energy is not the same. This one is almost a little bit like an indie film where the characters are incredibly flawed where they're incredibly passive and or disbelieving, dogmatic, narrow-minded, passive, or delusional. Very real characters. And that's kind of why they're off-putting, because one of the things that we know about... Well, really, one of the things we know about the shonen genres that we don't want real we want fictitious we want ideal we want better than ourselves and that's kind of what's so strange about it so i just watched the second episode and it's ends up in a very weird place the animation is really cool the actual camera placement is very cool very well done there's a power to it. There's a strength. There's a strenuous nature. Everything has kind of weight to it. And there's a, a curiosity and a delicate um, unbalance to how the characters interact and uh, treat the world. But then you have these characters who are a little bit too perfect in some aspects but then too flawed in others i don't know i find it very confusing it's one of those shows that i'm glad i'm watching but i don't know if i'm enjoying it and i think now because i'm heading over to the et's i want to i want to get myself something to eat i haven't really eaten much today and i'm just coming off the end of my um my breaking of my super strict diet so i'm having a little bit of fun so i think i'm going to get some sushi um, or some dumplings or something like that. Coming off of that, I think I want to watch something fun. So I'll probably put on some Fire Force or some Dr. Stone. But I'm going to watch one more episode of Revisions for sure. And then I'm going to seek out one of those other shows where I can kind of feel good. Because I've had a long day. And at the end of a long day, what do I want to do but feel good? I want to feel better and stronger than myself. That's kind of the trap of humanity in a lot of ways is we we just want to escape escapist television, escapist manga, escapist sports. We want to go somewhere where we're not focused about the everyday um, struggles and the everyday whatever you want to call them, worries, bits and pieces. We want to go somewhere fantastical, somewhere better, somewhere stranger, weirder, different, 
and when it's too real it loses its appeal sometimes but at the same time as one of my mentors said every story is actually a fantasy and they're there to fulfill a need that the viewer doesn't really know that they are seeking to be fulfilled but they're seeking out a particular type of story for different types of reasons so if you feel like your life may not may or may not have any thrilling romance oh lo and behold you find yourself watching 50 shades of gray if you feel like your life is dull and stagnant and doesn't have any adventure oh now you're watching hunter hunter if you feel like you are the one that's always overlooked disregarded uh, ignored wow now you're watching high school debut and all the two popular guys are interested in you the most popular guys the super handsome outgoing one loud one and then the super introverted handsome they're always handsome and tall at the same time except for uh, love lovely complex which is a whole different matter but you see what i'm saying if you wish that you could dominate in an arena and be cheered all of a sudden you're watching Prince of Tennis, you're watching Slam Dunk, you're watching Oikiku Furikabe. You are expanding into a realm that satisfies a need. And these are real needs. These aren't just made up needs. The human brain has needs. And connection and appeal and to feel like you matter is a real need. And when you're not getting it met, the escapism and the entertainment is very important. It keeps us around, it keeps us grounded, so that when certain little aspects of those needs aren't being met, we can flitter from genre to genre and get what we're missing. So I have no idea why this weird show was appealing to me, or why King and Asura was appealing to me at the time, but maybe I have a particular need. And knowing that there's a couple more episodes of Dr. Stone for me to view, it gets me very excited, so I'm very happy to watch them. So, what other things have been kind of going on in my life? What other strangeness and weirdness and oddities have been happening? I mean, I've been so focused on just making sure things go off without a hitch. Have I forgotten to stop and smell the roses? I don't know. I don't think I have. Um, I actually really want a bubble tea, but I'm not going to be able to get it today. I'll have to get it tomorrow or on Saturday when my vacation starts. So I'm gonna be filming a lot of stuff coming soon. Find me on TikTok at Uncle Hokage. Find me on, what's the other one? Funimate at Uncle Hokage. We're gonna be trying some fun stuff out. Um, but I kinda of wanna talk about some other random pieces as well, just because. Art imitates life. And life imitates art but I feel like the saying is life imitates art or art imitates life because the artist is the imitator and the civilian is the imitator but neither are they the same person towards the same piece of art so it's art shall be imitated by the civilian or the artist shall imitate life and one feeds the other. However, neither is the same person feeding himself. And I think that's why we animate.
I think we anime because we have weird tendencies. We don't quite appreciate the ordinary as much as others do. We like that it exists so that we can expand upon its existence in our mind. We have wild imaginations, we're prideful, we're strange. We think outside the box and recognize the box is merely a construct of society imposing its beliefs upon us. And I think that's why we anime. We don't just paint with a broad brush, we paint with Illustrator and we color correct with Photoshop. We animate the pictures with image ready. We use all kinds of intricate programming, SQL, Visual Studio, C Sharp, so that we can redesign the guts of society and add in our own emojis, the teardrop coming down our head, the blush, the cat face, because we recognize that there is an undisclosed reality that can only be expressed through the content that we view, and I think that's why we anime. We share and put avatars of 2D designs of creations. We take our favorite characters, put them in little squares, and use them in the top left corner of our screens as a better representation of the individual whom we actually are, which is better than the actual camera can portray. And I think that's why we animate. We traverse strange locations because in our mind's eye, the sky is bluer, the grass is far greener, it's emerald gems beneath our shoes. Music constantly plays with all of our steps changing and shifting as we enter different locations. Friends are more expressive and enemies are easily defeated until we get to a boss and as we do, we learn a valuable lesson. And that is why we anime. We are anime. We become anime because that is who we are at our soul, at our very being, and nobody can tell us otherwise. Nobody can redefine ourselves more than we do ourselves, and we are the only community that understands, and that is why we anime. When I was a kid, my cousin told me a story of her going to an anime convention. It was one of the most fascinating stories I'd ever heard because an anime convention, a place where everybody gathered together to watch, talk about, and observe anime. I didn't think anything like that existed. In my mind, where I lived, where I'm from, everything was so piecemeal. Everything was so meat and potatoes. It was just so ordinary. You had people talking about the same things all the time. 
and not that there's anything wrong with them it's just that was the conversation sports movies TV shows and games some video games but not to the extent that the otakus would probably play them and not the types of games that otakus would play so she told me this story and I was fascinated fascinated my aunt took her her mom and she told me that they just sort of went so she probably was oh I don't know 13 at the time maybe 14 and we had it in our minds that if you were going to a convention you're a professional collector like that's your profession (laughs) is you just collect anime for a living and you get to go select out the pieces uh, sell them off observe them you know uh, try them out like you were a connoisseur and you were like sampling the different anime as if it were fine wine and cheese and she just remembered being so appalled and kind of shocked not appalled shocked and confused about the behavior of the people who were there she said so they showed this video clip and there was a scene where Hapusai from Rama One Half he jumps on the character's head uh, and you know it gets wacky and they're watching it and they're just laughing hard and she was like and they were just like ha ah, ha 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 like laughing super hard and she was like I don't get it they're professional collectors professional collectors why would they you see what I'm saying the idea the notion that she and myself that we had in our heads is one of almost refinement of of excellence and insouciance of <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word <laughs> but you get what I'm saying because it was so abstract the concept of this was so abstract we didn't realize these were just guys and girls who liked this stuff who just sort of gathered together put some place where they could meet and talk about it without the the fear of being looked down upon and judged by the ordinary consumer that's basically all it is with the long and short of it but to us it was this mystical wild foreign thing and we just discussed and thought about that story for days and she said it was so cool wandering around and getting to comb through everything and getting to see everything and so forth and so on and she had herself a fantastic time and i lived vicariously through her when i was in eighth grade Two of my friends told me that they were either going to an anime convention or that they had just gone to an anime convention. No, ninth grade, ninth grade. We were freshmen in high school. In ninth grade, a lot of new students came to my school, so there were some new perspectives. And I was almost surprised that some of these new students liked the stuff I liked. And it wasn't even like a shock surprise. It was more like, oh, that's kind of cool that there's more of us. 
and this was before I started to realize how rare this particular interest was. This was before any of that sunk in. This was just, uh, oh, it was just me and my family. There's other people that watch this stuff. How cool. So we hung out. And they described the, the after scene. And they were like, yeah. And then there were these crazy, like, R-rated anime. Like, after, uh, after 7 or 8 o'clock, the convention occurred. And then they would show, like, these um, anime called, like, La Blue Girl. I, I think that's what it's called. And... Uh, everything sort of got real and kind of serious and there was shooting and there was sex and there was all this kind of wild stuff and it just painted a totally different picture of the convention for me I didn't even think of any of that I didn't even consider it I still had that notion in my head of talking to my cousin of the convention being this almost like laughing joking place where these professional people got to let their hair down and be silly I hadn't even thought about the more serious shows about a place where you could kind of watch those more serious shows away from prying eyes and away from judgment that's one of the things that doesn't really get talked much about within the anime is not the genre, rather it's the medium. The same way comic books aren't a genre, they're just the medium through which the story is being told. That's why there are more mature comics like Sandman and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And there are more juvenile comics like Archie. But because we have this notion in the United States that anything animated or, or, or illustrated is for children, the idea of an adult series that is animated is often. Now, some of that is being taken away a little bit because of shows like Family Guy, South Park, um, Cleveland Show, anything that Seth uh, Green does, no, 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 Seth McFarlane does and uh, Trey and Matt Stone and all those guys. But that, 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 that kind of spawned the Adult Swim movement of all the people who watch those shows. Now they're making adult-themed adult animated shows, though they still appeal to young audiences like Rick and Morty and stuff. So I think the, either the real history or the urban myth is that after World War II, after uh, World War II, Japan didn't have the funds or the infrastructure because of the bombing, because of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So they couldn't really afford a Hollywood. They couldn't afford actors. They couldn't afford to put on those productions. So it was cheaper for them to animate. And because there was no other avenue for an adult-oriented show, 
they put them in the animation, which is why you can eventually have a show or a series like Akira. At least, so the saying goes. And that might just be myths, uh, urban myth, and that might just be some BS I just made up. I'm not entirely sure, but that at least is a, as good an estimation as I've ever heard as to why this sort of happened. And when I think about it, the more and more I think about it, the more empathetic and almost like excited I get because it's such a unique thing to see where this stuff kind of stems from, where it comes from, how it gets from, I don't know, the places that we assume it needs to be to the place that it is. It's so weird how things just sort of develop. Not everything is as it seems and not everything needs to be as it once was, but forcing a mechanic or changing something into something that we prefer always makes it always makes it just off I mean that's why we had the problem with the four kids thing with One Piece and other shows because they didn't realize who their audience was they thought that their audience was five year old American uh, influenced people but really it was the people that were looking for that different culture and looking for those different unique trends so when I think about almost like the weird historical context of it, I think it's nice seeing that we can kind of get it now. And the whole point of me saying that long diatribe is just the fact and the notion that the whole idea of a convention was so mystical to me. It was so weird. It was so different. And it wasn't anything that I had ever dreamed I would ever get to attend or get to experience. Because now that I'm your otaku uncle, my perspective is so much different than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I, I would have just ran around. I would have played everything. Me and my friends, we would have just been yelling and shouting. We would have been trying everything. We would have been like, oh, did you see this? And you know, the crazy conversations. Some of my favorite moments were um, because I lived so far away from where I went to high school. I went to a private school, uh, for those of you in Dallas, I went to a private school uh, out in Addison area, and I lived in Plano, to give you a little bit of a scope. Those are routes that people take to get to work, not to school. But because I lived at least 30 minutes away, when I was younger, I couldn't drive, so what did I do? I read. And that's where I got to read some of my favorite, some of my favorite manga. I just have these car memories. When my mom had a minivan, I would just sort of post up in the very, very back. I would lay down, and I would read the little miniature and America magazines, the ones that would have more chapters and be thicker. So there'd be two or three chapters of Video Girl Eye. And I would sit there and secretly kind of thumb through. And it was so cool and wild. The fact that there were series where you're disappearing into the world. I didn't think about structure. I didn't think about story. I just thought about relocation. I was somewhere else. 
if you know what I mean. And I thought that was really cool. Um, in addition to that, in addition to that, I would read Magic Knight Ray Earth. That was such a fun one. I loved that bright brilliance of Clamp. It was so bright in their mystical nature. It wasn't this downer uh, fantasy world where everything is a tragedy and everyone's going to die and oh, watch out. It was when the, the, the secondary world was fun. It was challenging. It was beautiful. And the character models I really loved. And I really liked uh, a lot of the characters that they drew and they designed. And I did a couple of my own drawings where I would just sort of copy panels. And I was okay. I was a pretty decent artist. Um, I just didn't have the patience to really do it, which meant that's not really what I should be doing if I thought that I had to be patient. If you have to think about patience and doing something, that's not your calling. Where you're just like, oh, Like if I do something that I just disappear and I just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. Okay, I'm pretty suited to that. But if I'm like, okay, all right, I gotta sit down, I gotta take my time, and I gotta do these strokes, and nah, that's not my calling. You can develop a skill set, but that's, that's not how you develop a calling. A calling is just what you do. Whether you, it's what you have to do. Whether you're supposed to do it or not, you just can't help it and you have to do it. That's what I'm talking about. And I think about it, and I, and I almost feel like every single time I gear up to go to a con, I still, that, I still feel a little bit of that mysticism. Because when I'm there, when I'm at a convention, I'm 130% myself. There's no maybes, there's no potentially somebody else, there's no... Oh, I'm not going to worry about that. There's no, oh, I have to, I'm worried that this person's not going to be into it. There's no anything. I can just exist as I'm meant to exist. And I think that's part of the appeal. So when I see a bunch of people and they're wearing a bunch of multicolored wigs or they're dressed in crazy plastic and felt outfits or they have giant weaponry uh, massive swords three times their size or big foam styrofoam guns with big handles or I see Link walking around uh, dancing with Ryuk from Death Note or when uh, One Punch Man is rap battling Spider-Man or when on and on and on I fully understand that I'm home. Once again, thanks so much for listening to Uncle Hokage's anime podcast where we just, sometimes we just peruse. Uh, I was thinking about that too, as this one has been uh, one of my favorite ones and same time one of the weirder ones where I'm trying to decide if I want to do like a hardcore topic every single time or if I want to mix it up and do some more interesting, random, creative type shows where we kind of wander, we do some stuff that's experimental, maybe we uh, think about some other things that we don't normally discuss, uh, how we feel in the moment, the, the way that we're perceived, you know, stuff like that. And... Partly it's because of how introspective I am naturally. That's what I just do all the time. When someone tells me, um, 
any bit of information or fact. I play over the pieces in my brain, which annoys the hell out of some people. And personally, I don't care because if you don't like it, don't listen to me. <laughs> like that's just how I am naturally. And it's funny too, because I used to get really a lot of pushback from that when I was younger. Um, I would go to the movies with my family and friends sometimes and I would just break down the things that they had done in the movie, the logical fallacies, the things that didn't make any sense. And I would just be like, that movie bothered me because blah, 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 blah. And they were just like, God, can't you just enjoy it? Can't you have, why do you have to think about everything? Isn't that funny how we, we try and marginalize certain individuals for coming to the party the way that they are naturally and I think that's where people get self-conscious and delusional is because other people impose their own um, their own um, predisposed desires that's not the right phrase they impose their own preferences on others and then others end up living hobbled because of it so I think about that and then I think about the few years that I wasted trying to play along and then the few years I wasted going the opposite direction and imposing my own will on other people when the reality is I can just exist and that's enough and there's no need to try and force or be forced or coerce or be coerced or anything that I can just do what I want to do and I think that's the place of healing that's the place of truth that's the place of togetherness and acceptance and allowing other individuals to be who they are and together we are greater than the sum of our parts because we have all aspects of humanity where everybody is allowed to show up as they need to show up not as they choose to as they need to because it's them at their center it's them at their soul so <laughs> once again thank you for listening to uncle hokage's anime podcast where i walk and talk where i drive and talk where i sit and talk where i peruse my own mind about the whole anime otaku lifestyle where i get to take you with me wherever i go um so do me a favor share this podcast with one other person you know help me uh Help me get the uh, information out there. Help me reach another person. If you know somebody who's an anime fan or a JRPG fan in particular, send them a link. Send them to the iTunes page. Send them to the YouTube page, which is Uncle Hokage. Send them to my Instagram, Uncle Hokage, or my Snapchat, Uncle Hokage TV, or my TikTok, Uncle Hokage, where we're just having a little fun in there. Um... I I think that's all I need to say about this one. It's been a very, very weird one. It's been a weird day. It's been a weird week. It's been a weird month. And I'm just full of nerves and excitement and fear and thrill and hunger and everything that you can be filled with because Anime Fest is tomorrow. And that's where we're starting the next chapter of the Uncle Hokage journey. So, like, share, subscribe. Love, peace, and hair grease.
Naruto, Naruto. I be watching Naruto while y'all be watching Boruto. Every year, that's how it does. Tell me how Hanada goes. Fine as what? Test your luck, but better check your principles. Ninja swag is not for show. Been a shooting for too long. Y'all think I'm slow. Working on these new flows. Let it through the cellar dough. Hitting like a plain clothes. Strike the same pose. Hitting rain, nose, hardships. I am not your average foe. Not sensei, call me Hokage. Not sensei, call me Hokage. Not sensei, call me Hokage. Top ninja peep what the wall say.